You, my friend, have made a wise decision because you have arrived at episode 50 of the How'd You Get Into That podcast. Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. What is up, my friends? Welcome to episode 50. Can you believe it? We made it to 50? We are halfway to 1 million. I am so excited. Don't judge me. Four out of three people are bad at math. That probably includes you. But we are glad you are here, regardless of what your math skills may be. Hey, thanks for listening. It really means a lot. Uh, super excited that we are at episode 50. We've got a great show for you today. Hey, uh, I mentioned it to you on the last episode, episode 49, but this week and this week only, we are doing a really cool giveaway. If you have not registered for that, you're going to want to go to grantwaldencom slash giveaway. We're giving away a one-year membership to audible.com. So if you are into audiobooks at all, I'm telling you, my friends, you're going to want to check this out. Again, grandbaldon.com slash audible. All right, so uh, today we've got an interview with my friend Farnoosh Brock. Farnoosh has done a couple different things, really came up in the corporate world and a lot of like major corporations doing a variety of different roles and uh, finally just got fed up with it, got tired of it, decided to branch out on her own, started a, a company really talking about health and wellness and, and just our, our overall just well-being. She's written a couple of best-selling books, including some smoothie guides and juicing guides. And so we talk a little bit about that. Of How do you... Like you made a living writing a book about smoothies and juicing, and that's kind of cool. So uh, that's how I actually first came across her stuff. So uh, this is really good stuff. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get into it. Here is Farnoosh. All right, what is up? Welcome to another episode of How'd You Get Into That? Today, we are joined by my friend Farnoosh Brock of the uh, blog and a popular website, Prolific Living. She's also an uh, author, has a couple different uh, published books that she's done well with, and just an all-around positive, upbeat, and uh, just cool gal. So Farnoosh, thanks for hanging out with us today. Hey, thank you so much. That's a great introduction. I love it. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm setting you up. No pressure now. Thank you. So, uh, so give us a snapshot of uh, what it is that you do. I know you got the blog. I know you got a couple books. Give us the overview of what all you're involved in. All right. So I do. I write books. I write a lot. I think writing is the foundation of what I do. And I love it. And I think that's how I fell into this whole online business entrepreneurship path. And I also work with people, which I love. So I do a lot of private coaching, group coaching. And I have courses that help people in career enhancement, starting their own businesses, and also getting into juicing and smoothies. So that's a little snapshot, I hope. And I think that's kind of how I came across some of your stuff initially was uh, you're, you've got the Healthy Smoothie Bible and the Healthy Juicers Bible. And I know that uh, I, I try to, I try to drink healthy. And uh, whenever I, I came across this stuff and I was like, okay, this gal made a living from juicing books and smoothie books. And it's got all these pretty pictures and nice recipes. So it was definitely something that was, uh, that was fascinating. So uh, where does the, the juicing and the smoothie side of, of your business, where does that come from? from. It comes from my own health journey. For a long time, I was in a corporate world. So um, when I was traveling a lot for work and very unhappy in my job in, in that period of time, I started to really neglect my health. And I'm actually a very healthy person, or I used to be. But uh, the things that used to work in my 20s, stopped working in my 30s, you know, so I had to be more careful and I had to make a drastic change. And I started to explore, but I'm not big into diets. I don't cook for the life of me. So 
preparing anything complex wasn't going to appeal to me. And I fell into juicing. I found it. Um, I found an infomercial of all things and I started doing it and it looked and felt and tasted so good. And it was so much fun that I got on board and I felt better after having juiced a few weeks than I had felt doing all these other exercises, weight training, what have you. It was this internal cleanse, reawakening, detox. I am not exaggerating. And I was just wondering, why haven't I heard of this before? It's just vegetables and fruit juices. It's nothing novel. So I got pretty obsessed with it, Grant. And I started blogging about it. And this is around 2007, eight timeframe. And I was just blogging for fun. And, um, and a couple of my blog posts went viral. And again, I didn't do anything about it. And so from there, I started to be more interested in sharing what I was learning and learning more myself because I'm not a nutritionist or a dietitian. I was just fascinated by juicing. And I started to lose weight, to feel better, to have more energy, to have more clarity, to get more creative. And eventually I really pinpoint juicing as the start of my eventual exit from corporate because it really woke me up to the reality of my life and, and where my career was going and maybe I could do something else with it. So from there on, I don't know if you want me to continue on this path, but basically- I'll, I'll jump in. I'll jump in. I, well, sure. first of all, I like the idea that the way you frame that, I never, never thought of it this way, but I'm someone who I like to cook, but I'm not good at cooking and I don't really know what I'm doing and I can just bang some pots and pans around. But uh, I like juicing and I like smoothies because I can just throw some stuff in a bucket and push a button and then something magical comes out the other side. So from that standpoint, on the preparation standpoint, I, I really like it. So that, that makes sense that you, you gave me that light bulb moment there. So let's, okay. let's back up a little bit. Where are you from? I am from Iran. Gotcha. And then how long have you been here in the States? Uh, well, we left Iran uh, when I was very young and we lived in Turkey for three years and I came to the States when I was 15 years old. So a long time because I'm very old. <laughs> what, uh, what brought you over here? Well, that is a long story. I'll try to do a snapshot there too. <laughs> we left because there was war and a lot of awful things. So we went to Turkey on a vacation with my pregnant mom. We never went back. We spent three years in Turkey trying to get our lives together. And my dad and my mom had spent a lot of time in the States when they were younger. And my dad's entire family had come here, escaping the horrible times in Iran years before. And actually, my grandfather got very sick. And that was sort of the impetus for us to really do everything we can to leave Turkey to come to America. Wow. So you get here. And what was it that your parents were, were doing? What was it that you maybe aspired to as well? Well, at that point, it was survival, right? Yeah, Just yeah. survival. We know we arrived in this country with two suitcases, a family of five. And um, it's amazing. It's amazing how far we have come. But um, at the time, it was survival. My dad was a teacher. He taught at high schools, later at college. And my mom was spending time with the three of us. And later, she went back to college. I'm very proud of her. She became an accountant. And she now works at a very fine company, the number three company in the, in the US, actually, a company called SAS. And it was a journey. So I, I mean, what I do today wasn't exactly inspired by my parents, but I, I have learned a lot from them and they have been a great, great source of inspiration in my life for, for many things. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, coming from that type of, of, I guess, journey, literally and figuratively, where you felt the only means, or I guess the only thing you were looking at was just survival of just where's our next oh, meal yeah. coming from. So it was never like, let's dream about what we want to do when we grow up. You know, it was never like that. It was just going to like, how are we going to put food on the table? And how are we right. going to keep the lights on? And how are some of those basic things? So 
even as you're kind of growing up and you start thinking about your own career, is that kind of where your mentality is? Or is at what point does that start evolve and shift to like, maybe I could do something beyond just survival? Oh, no. At the beginning, and I'm from Iran, like I said, so I don't know how much your listeners may know about those countries or Iran in particular. Iranians are very big into education. And by education, I mean engineering, medicine, or becoming a professor at a very prestigious university. That's it. Anything else is not exactly (laughs) accepted. So my parents were very big into my brother and I studying engineering. And for me, it was all about being successful and having a lot of money and never having to worry about it. So that meant going to school, getting a great degree or two. I got two electrical engineering degrees and then going to work, getting a great job, getting security and a home and and everything that I thought was, uh, you know, the American dream and everything that we had escaped, right? Uh, Comfort, freedom, safety. And very glad to say that I was able to make that dream happen. I had a very successful job at corporate and I made a lot of money and I got everything that I was worried I wouldn't have because I had seen my parents suffer from losing it. So at that time and until well into my 30s, well, I was like mid 30s when I left my corporate job, I was all about climbing the corporate ladder, having a safe income and maybe enjoying my job. I was good at it, but it was never about, well, let me go become a best-selling author because I love writing. That came um, many years later towards the end of my corporate career where I was very frustrated with corporate life. And, and I started questioning whether there is more to work than just doing the work that you're supposed to do. So that was a whole evolution that I went through. And I think it's wonderful that I paused and I questioned the path because if I were there still, I would probably be extremely depressed. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of people are. They're in that somewhat survival mode of just, we're just working because we we have to work. Mm -hmm. I want to eat and I want to live indoors. And so therefore, I have to have a paycheck coming in. So this whole idea that work shouldn't be fun, you know, that's why it's work. It's supposed to be miserable and you're supposed to hate it and you're supposed to dread Mondays and and just kind of like living like that. So you said you got two electrical engineering degrees? Yes. You are an overachiever. So you go through double the pain to get those. And then you start down this corporate path. What were you doing out of, uh, out of college? I was doing a lot of things. I was very technical. I was an engineer. I was supporting voice over IP phones. So for instance, if Goldman Sachs or AT&T, if their network would break down, as in the back end, the backbone of their internet, then they would call us. They would call me. And it was very stressful. So that's how my career started at Cisco. And I would bring up their network, you know, I troubleshoot and bring their network back up and everything would be back to functionality. And um, then I went into technical writing and then I got into project management and process improvement and sales operations and executive communications. And you name it, I did it because I was trying to First of all, get a lot of skills when I was in corporate, but I was also starting to look for fulfillment, for a sense of purpose. And I'm afraid I didn't really find it, at least not for the long term. I enjoyed working with a lot of people and I did accomplish and I feel like I contributed on some level, but I did not find the happiness and excitement and joy, day-to-day joy that I have right now doing all the work that I do And I guarantee you, I work a lot harder than I did when I was at my corporate job. So you can love your work. I'm sure you agree with this, but it's definitely something to think about because when you do love it, then 
your genius comes through, your creative genius comes through, and you can really serve your purpose. When you're bouncing around, and you, I mean, you rattled off five, six different types of work you're doing that were all pretty different types of work and very distinctive mm-hmm. types of work. Were you just trying to find the right fit for you? Or what was it that you were looking for at that point that you weren't finding in some of the other spots you're at? Right. In my corporate job, it was, you know, I was going through from, from one to another. There was some sort of progression, right? So I went from a technical engineer to a technical writer where I was documenting my work or later I got into project management, but it was for technical projects. And so I think I was evolving as a person. I was outgrowing my current job and I actually do a lot of coaching for careerists. So if you're listening and your career has stalled, moving may not be a bad option because challenging yourself, pushing yourself outside your comfort zone, doing something you haven't done before, learning that your company will appreciate it. You will learn. So I was trying to, first of all, find my ultimate place. I thought there was an ultimate place where I would find fulfillment in my corporate job. And also I thought maybe that would be where how I would uh, climb the corporate ladder. So I was sort of having a hard time at the beginning, but then later I figured the system out and I moved towards the organizations and places where my skills and strengths were more a, a better fit and appreciated. And funny enough, all that engineering and technical work, I came to find that I am better at communication and persuasion and negotiation and coaching and working with people. So that was hard to to come to terms with. But then I moved in that direction because I was able to thrive so much better. Well, I think it's important to note too that you you don't know those things coming out of the gate. You know, when you're just starting your career, you're trying something and maybe that one thing is all you know, you don't realize you've got this whole other skill set or gifting or talent or just natural ability lying dormant because you're not using it or doing anything with it. But for you, you're going, well, I got into communication and interacting with people and coaching and teaching and training. And now all of a sudden, it's just like this whole thing within me is just lit up. And I was like, where did this come from? But you don't know that unless you try a variety of different things. And you're just in some ways, it's like you're almost just throwing things against the wall just to see what sticks and what's what's resonating. So for you, it sounds like you found a couple different things that started to click and started to make sense. Yes, yes, yes to everything you've said. I mean, that's I'm so glad you summarized so brilliantly because that's so true. If you're not happy with what you're doing, you need to go and explore and experiment and do get firsthand experience with new things, new skills, new type of work. So this is um, this is really important. And yes, for me, it started with the love of writing. And I didn't even know I had it until I fell into blogging. And then it was what to write about. So I got into personal development and then into entrepreneurship and career paths and uh, helping people with the career transitions and then into health and juicing and smoothies and detoxes and yoga. So each of those took off and I started to create programs, products and books around them because I didn't want to give them up in our line of work, more online work and running your own business these days, I think one of the advice that I don't entirely agree with is that you have to box yourself into one little tiny niche and be known for just that one thing. Like you are a speaker, you speak to teenagers and you help them overcome such and such, and that's you. But I thought that was a little bit limiting 
Because what if you have multiple talents and multiple passions? You got to start with something, but I felt like it would be limiting. So I do love having the variety in our business and um, I say ours because I I was able to hire my husband into our business a little over a year ago. So that was very exciting. (laughs) He he knows who the real boss is. So we'll we'll keep that between us. (laughs) Yes, yes. No, it's been wonderful working with him. So um, it's it's great. It's great. We're really um, excited about the different projects and we're still exploring new new areas, right? So I think you have that freedom when you run your own business. How long were you in the career world or in the corporate world rather before you started to kind of look over the fence line? You're like, eh, kind of want to try that entrepreneur thing over there. How long were you doing that before you started to just kind of peek around? Mm -hmm. Well, I was doing it for five years before I lost the excitement, that initial real excitement that I had. And, um, but I never thought anything like this was possible because you know, my brothers are entrepreneurs. I, I was the, the safe corporate employee. So, so my thoughts at the time were leaving my current employer and going to get another job. So I was in that mode, kind of like one foot in the building, one foot leaving and going somewhere else for about another three years. And then when I fell into blogging, I didn't even know. I mean, blogging was just a hobby for me for a long time. And then I went to this conference in October of 2010 in Las Vegas, uh, Blog World, the old new media expo. And that was the turning point of my career and my life. And when I saw those people and how they had turned their lives around by their own businesses, I just asked, why not me? And that was it. Why, that was uh, really it. Why mm-hmm. did you first start blogging in the first place? And what were you, what were you blogging about? Because it sounds like you weren't necessarily looking to get out of the corporate world. No. It just kind of sounds like you just started writing just to write. Just to write, just a hobby. I was looking for distractions to think that maybe, you know, because my career, I was not very happy at the time. I was looking for all kinds of distractions. So I was doing tango, yoga. We were traveling. Uh, I was doing scrapbooking. <laughs> You know, you name it. And so I was like, you know, why not start a blog and have fun? I was looking for distractions from what was really making me unhappy at the core of it. And that just happened to be the way out. So that's why I started. When you first started blogging, what were you blogging about? Or were you just kind of just spewing down anything that you could think of? Oh, I'm so glad those blogs aren't online. It was awful. I was blogging about health, but but it was all about me or about the books I was reading or about... I don't know, some experience I had with something. It was it was so random and all over the place because I think this is what happens. I've, I've studied writing so much since then. When you first give yourself the permission and the freedom to write, and I think writing is therapeutic, it can be so good for all of us, and you don't put a structure around it and there's no purpose, like a technical paper that needs to come out at the end, then you're all over the place and, and you are learning about yourself because you're going into a consciousness level that's a little bit below what your day to day. So you are tapping into things internally and you don't even know. So if you do this free flow of consciousness, writing, first of all, it's extremely therapeutic, but I think you should keep that all private. (laughs) So it was mostly journal types of writing. But then I wrote one post that was um, all about how could you overcome I don't know, it was about self-discipline and overcoming laziness. And I had such a reaction from readers. And I thought, you know, that's interesting. What did I do differently here than I didn't before? And I started to see that I was talking to my readers. So that's that's the foundation of a good blog, right? You talk to a single reader. And and I just thought the whole process was fascinating and, and I was hooked. 
So once you start doing the blog and you start getting a little bit of traction there, at what point are you feeling like maybe I've got something here? Maybe I want to leave this, this corporate thing and maybe I want to start pursuing this blog thing and see where it can go. Right. So Blog World was a big turnaround point in October of that year, 2010. And when I came home, I had a huge shift in perspective in that I stopped seeing my blog as a hobby and I started looking at it as a as a side hustle, as a business. And that made me, that made all the difference. So I started my first newsletter. I started collecting email uh, lists. I started my first ebook uh, that I published as a giveaway. I started thinking about my first product and I started taking my blog, not myself, just my blog seriously. And I think that built the traction, the momentum. It more than doubled my traffic in a month or two because I was writing very intentional blog posts. I was, I was, I was serving my readers rather than just having a good time and writing about whatever. And, and I started to see this as a foundation of something in the future. And at that time I had absolutely no intention of still leaving my cushy, cushy job. So that was one direction I was going, but I was getting pulled away like a magnet from my corporate job. And at the same time, later in April or March, March of the following year, my company put me on a project that I really didn't want to do. And so that was sort of the last straw. I realized, you know, maybe this is it. This is the time where I don't have to do what I don't want to do. We always, always have a choice. And I had forgotten that. And um, here is something I'm really passionate about. I was making hardly any money at the time, a little coaching, a little affiliate money. And uh, my husband and I made a joint decision that we are going to take a risk and we are going to leave my corporate job behind and see what I can do with uh, my side hustle. So whenever you make that decision, what's that like? What's what's going through your head? What kind of safety net mm-hmm. do you have? I guess, where's your head at and, and between you and your, your husband whenever that all happens? Right, right, right. So the safety net is a very good question, right? The practical side of it. He was still going to be employed, right? Actually at the same company. So we were going to um, just uh, give up my salary, which just being, you know, a nice six-figure salary. But it was a conscious choice that if we need to make lifestyle changes, we will. Uh, And we had been very conservative financially over the years because we wanted to create a, a sense of security later down the road. So we had that cushion, Right. And I also felt that emotionally and and health wise, the my corporate job was just killing me. It was just not worth the the long term effects this was going to have. So really thinking about it in terms of your health, your emotional well-being, your happiness, right, stress levels, all of that. And the fact that there was a little something here, right, that that looked promising. We had no idea what was going to happen with it. So it was scary. It was liberating. It was exhilarating. And when I did it and I was done with it, I never looked back, not for a second. I can't think of a single thing I missed from being a 12-year, almost 12-year corporate employee. And so that to me meant I made the absolute right decision. Excellent. So, Very cool. So once you, you're blogging, and it sounds like at this point on the blog, you're doing, again, a variety of different things, health, yoga, positive mm-hmm. thinking, smoothie, mm-hmm. and the whole works there. So at what point did the smoothie thing and the, the juicing start to really come into to play as a, a bigger piece of the puzzle? 
That was when later that year, we were actually traveling down in Australia. I had grown that the smoothie and the juice blogs had attracted a lot of traffic. And I had started a newsletter for my, just for my smoothie and juicing. So what was happening here, because I do want to give some good takeaways if you know if you have bloggers out there i did not have a very good focus for my blog i was i was personal development everything anything goes and when i realized that the smoothie and juicing is taking off i started to pull the niche out but slowly so my first move was to separate out my email i'm big on email i i build relationships with my email subscribers so i created a s- separate email list and I built a lot of autoresponders to give away tips and goodies and, and really help people understand juicing. And I build a, a pretty nice list in, in a matter of very little time because I was getting a lot of traffic to those blogs. So I started to survey them and I found out that they needed a certain type of book, like just on green juicing recipes. So my husband and I decided to write our, our ebook and this wasn't our first one, just a Kindle ebook. Actually, I take that back. It was going to be an ebook we were going to sell on our website and then see what happens. And I wrote this book. I mean, I had the information, but I wrote this book maybe in two weeks while in Australia. I remember pressing publish and I was shocked that I was selling so well, right? On something that I had, I had put together myself. And then, um, that was my readers. That was my warm audience. Then when we came back home later, we put the book on the Kindle store in January of 2012, around this time. And it didn't do anything for a month or so, but then it took off and it was selling hundreds of copies at $10 a, a copy digital copies, right? So no overhead for us per month. And that was shocking because this was just a little book, but it was useful. I learned so much from that. It was useful. It was serving an audience that was hungry for really good information, no more, no less. It was positioned the right way. And so that was where juicing was really paying more than the bills for a a good year. So, and then after that, you know, just, you know, give you where that went. Um, A traditional publisher found my book, And they initially wanted to just buy the rights to that book. And we weren't interested in selling the the little green juicing book. However, I'm so glad they insisted because it's been wonderful working with them. We agreed to write the Healthy Juicers Bible. So a brand new book, physical book. And then that book did so well that then we started uh, to talk about a second contract and that was the Healthy Smoothie Bible. So I, and, and I love to promote the message of health. So even though this was a different direction for our business, It was something I truly believed in. I was passionate about and it was fun. And because the opportunity was there, right, that that speaks to you being somewhat flexible with your business, then we took it and we're so glad that we did. Does yeah, that answer your question? I totally. So. No, totally. And I think there's a lot of lessons there that you can you can pull from where, especially whenever you started and for you, it was like, well, let's just, you know, let's just do this ebook and let's just see what happens. And I, I'm, you know, there's a few people that are interested in this and the blog seems to be gaining some traction and we got some readership here. So let's just do an ebook. And, and it, there's never like this grand plan of we're going to do this and then we're going to do this and we're going to do this and then we're going to get a book contract and it's all going to work out. No. But it was just kind of, uh, let's just take whatever the next logical step is and just see where the journey takes you and going along for the ride rather than feeling like I have to know how this is all going to play out. I mean, if I were to ask you probably five, six, seven years ago, or even when you're wrapping up your corporate career, you know, hey, are you ever going to publish some best-selling smoothie Bibles? You'd be like, no, what are you even talking about? That doesn't even make sense. It has nothing to do with me. You've got the wrong person. (laughs) But just just going along with it. So here's a question that I kind of, I think a lot of people might have is you kind of alluded to it earlier that 
when you're writing and getting into this this subject on, on juicing and smooth and just the health effects on it, like you said, you're not a doctor, you're not a dietitian, you're not a nutritionist. This is just something from your own experience. So what kind of like uh, just voices in your own head are going, who are you to write this book? Because I think that's one thing that a lot of people would just kind of struggle with, that, that imposter system syndrome of going, who am I to do this thing? Whatever that thing is. I know there's plenty of times where for me, standing on a stage in front of any size audience, like who am I to be here? I don't, you know, I haven't done anything significant. I, uh, I was speaking at a conference the other day and a guy came up and he said, so what, what's your story? I was like, well, what do you mean? And, and he said, well, I mean, all speakers have like some story, like you were homeless or your parents were murdered or something dramatic happened. And I was like, nothing. I'm just boring. And, uh, you know, I have this, you know, but it was, it was funny to me of just going, yeah, who, who am I to be a speaker? And who are you to write a book on juicing? Right. So what kind of thoughts are going through your head there? And how, how did you kind of overcome some of those? Right, right, right. And of course, we've all heard Marian Williamson's response to that, right? And who are you not to be? Sure. Which I think is beautiful. I didn't have those doubts with the smoothies and the juices. There is disclaimers all over the place. I am not a dietitian. I cannot give you advice <laughs> on diabetes. Please don't ask me. Go talk to your doctor. However, I felt so confident because there was that firsthand experience, it was like a miracle. And I had tried it and I had helped other friends and family and, and my initial readers. So there was a lot of proof to me. And I had done a lot of study, lots of study. So uh, as in people who had done juicing and, and reading up on what, what had happened with them. So I felt pretty confident with the juicing. And even with the book, I felt like this is really exciting. However, I will speak to those doubts because I have had them when working with people, right? As I was raising my fees for my coaching, I've raised them now a number of times. And I still feel like I give so much more value. I can see transformation happening and you can't put a price on that, but I have those doubts. So I know they're real. They can scare you and they can stop you from taking action, which I think is the worst thing. So the way I deal with that is I don't try to prove to anyone of something I'm not. If somebody came to me and said, do you have a coaching certification? No, I don't. I have a number of other certifications. I don't really believe certifications served me well. However, I am pretty gifted in these areas and I can help you. So I don't try to pretend to be someone I'm not. And I feel like at the beginning, maybe I was. So I think that helps to be yourself. And when you're yourself, whom you know how to be, right? You're without pretenses, you're comfortable, you're in your own skin. That, and if you approach your business that way, then it at least eases your mind, right? And so the fears and those questions and those doubts that um, Grant, you were talking about, they will never go away. But I think that the, the, your job is to make sure they don't stop you from taking action towards your dreams right now. If you do that, you have won. The battle is over, right? But if you try to wait until one day you wake up and you feel so brave, you can just go jump out of an airplane with a parachute. Some people do that on purpose, I hear. Yes, yes. Or something like that. And that will never happen. And you will be waiting. The fear is part of your human body. And um, it's the fear of, you know, it's the fear of other things. But now we are translating it to fear of things like your life is not in danger. Your health is not in danger by just starting a business. But we have exaggerated the fear. So it's going to be there. It's not going to go away. But just keep taking action. And, and there is a lot more we can get into in terms of confidence, in terms of being, it's trusting yourself and all that. We can if you like. But that's my 
short, relatively short response. <laughs> no, I like, and it reminds me of the uh, a saying I've, I've heard many times, and I don't even know who to attribute it to, but that, that feeling of uh, feel the fear and do it anyway. I've just oh, acknowledge, yes. acknowledge that that fear is there. That fear may subside, but it never fully goes away. And, and right. uh, you can never be courageous. You can never take any steps of courage without having fear. So just acknowledging it, realizing it's there, embracing it, and allowing that to kind of uh, push you, but not being allowing it to, to hold you back from, from what you're doing. So Farnoosh, I know you've shared a, a ton of great stuff. Where can we find out more about you? And if people want to uh, stalk you, buy your books and get into this smoothie goodness that you've been teaching us about. Awesome. Awesome. Well, if you are interested about the smoothies and juices, I think the best place and the best prices for the books are on amazon.com. So you can look up my name, Farnoosh Brock, or you could look up the Healthy Smoothie Bible, the Healthy Juicers Bible. I think the Healthy Smoothie Bible actually came out is, is prettier and they, they they did a nicer job printing, but both of them are great books. You can get them there and um, come check out prolificliving.com. And in fact, I have a little giveaway for you. If you're interested, I am huge into positive mindset, which I think has really helped me and my husband make this this change in focus and direction and really go after what we want. And um, positive affirmations are what I really, I got into this a few years ago and it's really positive self-talk. So, so po- positive self-talk. So I have a recording and it's a morning audio affirmation that if you start listening to it every morning, I believe it will make a difference in your life. So you can come download that at prolificliving.com forward slash believe. Just the word believe, B-E-L-I-V-E. Beautiful. E-L-I-E-V-E, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, we will, and we will put that in the show notes as well. So, Farnoosh, thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, to chat with us, to share your journey and story, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Thank you for having me, Grant. Boom goes the dynamite. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Farnoosh Brock. Uh, as always, you can go to grantbaldo.com slash Farnoosh, F-A-R-N-O-O-S-H, Brock, B-R-O-C-K. You can check out the show notes links, everything we discussed. You can check out links to some of Farnoosh's books as well. Uh, check out some of the stuff that she is working on that she has got going on. Now, also, I mentioned to you at the top of the show, we were doing this giveaway just this week, so you make sure you, uh, you register for that. Uh, again, grantbaldo.com slash giveaway, giving away a one-year membership to audible.com. You're going to get one audiobook download per month for an entire year, courtesy of me. Just because I like you, I dig you. So uh, make sure you stop by, you check that out. Again, grantbaldo.com slash giveaway. You don't want to miss that. If you don't know, now you know. Hey, we've got a lot, so many great reviews that have come in on iTunes and Stitcher and really, really appreciate people that have have taken the time to leave honest ratings and reviews. Uh, One of my favorites that just came in, with the username Ray3C. It says, outstanding content. I mean it. Grant's podcast demands nothing short of five stars. He continues to create killer content through interviewing creative self-starters. I hope, this is my favorite part, I hope he starts up his own bakery soon because those knowledge biscuits are so good. Thank you, Ray3C, for that. That was uh, one of the more creative reviews that we've had. So, hey, if you haven't had a chance, please feel free to stop by uh, iTunes, Stitcher, leave us a a rating or review. We really would appreciate that. If you haven't subscribed to the show, make sure that you do that as well. It really means a lot to us. That way you never miss out on any episodes as well. You can can subscribe to the show through iTunes, through Stitcher. There's a bunch of just different podcast apps, uh, any number of which would work. You can find us there. So make sure you check that out. Hey, as always, feel free to email me, grantograntbaldo.com. 
Baldwin.com. You can catch me on Twitter at Grant Baldwin. So feel free to give me a shout anytime. Anytime that you're wrestling with something, chewing on something, trying to figure out how do you make a jump from something you hate to something you love. Maybe that's working within a company and just doing something completely different. Maybe it's finding a new job somewhere else with a totally different company. Maybe you're looking just to start your own business or just to venture out as a as a freelancer or as an entrepreneur. Whatever it is that you're rattling around, uh, we want to be able to help you go on that journey. So feel free to email me anytime. Again, that's grant at grantbaldwin.com. All right. I think uh, tomorrow is Halloween. So make sure that you dress up. You look pretty. Eat lots of candy. And next week, I'm going to tell you about something I've been working on for many, many months now. Literally, we've been in the laboratory working with a group of people on a new project that uh, I cannot wait to share with you. So many of you have been asking for this. And so it is coming to see the light of day very, very soon. So I will give you a heads up on that next week. You will not want to miss out on that. Hey, again, we are at episode 50. I'm so, so honored and I just feel very, very humbled that you decided to hang out with us and that you're taking the time to listen to these. There's so many great podcasts out there, so many that I listen to uh, on a regular basis, but it really, really means a lot that you've, you've gone on this journey with us. And hopefully these interviews continue to be uh, in, inspiring and encouraging to you. As always, if there's anything that I can do at all to help you find and do work you love, it's not just about you listening to some episodes and nodding your head and think, oh man, I would love to have their life or I wish I had their journey. I wish I could have their story. You can. You just, you just have to make it your own. And so that's what these shows are about. One thing that you hear me say from time to time is answer the question, now what? What are you going to do as a result of what we've talked about? What are you going to do as a result of these interviews and these episodes? Because if you just listen to them, but then you don't actually do anything with it, You've kind of wasted our, your, your, your time here. So what are you going to do as a result of what you're learning? What are you going to do as a result of that inspiration and that encouragement that you're feeling? So you're awesome. I believe in you. I'm cheering for you. I'm rooting for you. I'm in your corner. Go out. Make it happen. You're awesome. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.